powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live and play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Leafs fans, Jets fans, boys and girls, Thabians, welcome to Game Over Toronto. Welcome to a beautiful repeat of last year's 4-1 win. I have with me my favorite drink of all, Jets Tears. The best drink. The to, best drink. To go with the big two points, a big showstopper game from Sammy. What a game. They were They were. Mr. Hyde in the first period, Dr. Jekyll in the second, and then a healthy combination of both in the third. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about Lilligren taking that puck off the top of his cranium with, you know, three minutes to go. We're going to talk about the Provar situation. We're going to talk about it all. And we're going to talk about it with my very good friend and everybody's favorite pokeroo, Robert Malloy. Everybody in your chat, please put your little virtual hands together. Lauren, I have a question for you. I have an answer. Is there anything better than beating the Jets, no, Lauren? No, there's not. Nope, we there's not. To. There's not. We had to. The, I think it was required. The best medicine for those that aren't feeling well is this right here. It's this right here. That quote is hilarious because it's from the bubble year, I believe. Like, it's such, and, like, we still laugh over it. It's still so funny. No, it wasn't from the bubble year. There, It was from the first game of last season. That, that makes it even better. Then. That's why the second game of the season where Matthew scored 55 was so great because they were like, oh, you think, you think, you think you're going to beat us again. And then since then, you know, the, the Leafs have been just completely running the Jets show. And is it because the Jets are the best team in, or one of the best teams in the West right now, Robert? Good question. You have to ask, right? Do they win that game if it's ask. Buffalo? Ooh, good question. Maybe, maybe. It's so funny how this team wakes up for a really incredible opponents and then just really doesn't for opponents. Like, even if you like sit and look at last game, you're like you're looking at Florida and like we're looking at Florida, like Florida might miss the playoffs and things. And and they just really didn't feel awake for pieces of this game. But to be fair. Were they awake in the first period of this game? I don't think so. No, and the first period, we actually watched the game together. Uh, the first period was so reminiscent of the game on Tuesday. It was right out of the gate. The other team was getting shots on gold. The Leafs were not getting in the way. They weren't blocking shots. They were not getting sticks in the way. They were not playing well defensively in, in, in the first 20 minutes. And I was really worried that it was going to go the way that the other game did. But the difference tonight was everyone's favorite man with smiles, Ilya Samsonov. What a game from him. 37 saves the most of the season so far, even though he's had a shutout. Boy, did he play well tonight. He was the difference tonight between tonight's game being like Tuesday and tonight's game being like how tonight played out, don't you think? 
easily. He gave the team all you can ask from a goaltender. You're not always asking for like the most incredible stellar uh, 30 save shutout, like 30 save performance. Like you're asking for your goaltender to keep you in the game. And it's really hard when the second shot of the game goes in. And that's what happened with Florida is like we were almost immediately down one nothing. It was really nice that they got that game time goal. And then we are at 2-1 and then we're at 3-1. And then like we're digging back out of a 4-2 deficit in the beginning of the second period. Like you, it's really hard to ask any team, top teams in the league to get around that like it's just not easy especially if you don't have like if there isn't like a faith in a goaltender and like that's the question is like does the team have faith in Matt Murray does the team have faith in Ilya Samsonov um people were asking before the show started if there's a goalie controversy and I don't have the answer to that and I don't think we're gonna have the answer to that like is like is it Matt Murray's net to lose is it now Ilya Samsonov's net to lose I don't know isn't that how a tandem works though that ideally is how a tandem right? works. And you, we're you ride the hot goalie while he's hot, and then as they cool down, hopefully the other one comes back up, right? That's what happened yeah. halfway through December when Ilya Samsonov started falling off the cliff, and then Matt Murray came in and lifted the team up, right? Like and it definitely We've never been able Go we ahead. haven't had we've had years where we've wanted the goal. Kyle Dubas has always been kind of looking for the tandem. And you can tell, especially when they had we had Frederick Anderson and Jack Campbell. And we really were like, yeah, that's a tandem. Like Campbell's a steady backup and Frederick Anderson. And then that's where that ended up. And Campbell steals the net. And then Dubas is like, OK, I'm going to try again. And we're going to have Campbell and Morazic. And look where that's gone. It's going really, really well for Detroit. Congrats for De uh, for Chicago, Chicago now. Yeah, like it's working out really great to have Peter Morazic. But that was the goal was always to have this tandem. Is we're running out of we're leaving the NHL. That is one goalie has to play every single game. We're not talking about you, Connor Hellebuck and Andre Vasilevsky. They're becoming slowly becoming the outliers to like instead of having the tandem. And, and that's just it, right? Leslie has a great point in the chat saying we finally goalied another team happening more and more lately. And it's true. Last year, there was a couple games where Campbell played really well, but I don't think there was a single game last year where I was like, oh my God, Campbell is an unstoppable force. Even though there were lots of people that that got on, on that train and were hyped up about him. And if we look at the summer, you know, Edmonton Oilers fans lost their minds when they got him. Oh, Toronto, we got your goalie. And you did. You did. You took him. Thank you for that, by the way. And and it's not working out as well as they had hoped. Now, I'm not I'm not wishing anything bad for Oilers fans. And I think Jack Campbell is a golden retriever of a human being. And I truly so hope great. he turns around because he worked so hard to get to get the opportunity that he did and to to earn the contract that he did and he did earn it. And and I think I think it's nice to be on the giving end of goalieing other teams, right? Like yeah. I I can't remember the last time like even Freddie Anderson, I I don't remember games where I was like, "Oh my god, you're not scoring on Freddie tonight." Like or if there was, it was in October, right? Cuz October, October Freddie was November. Good. Yeah. And it's just it, I think I think this is what a goalie tandem is supposed to be where you play the hawk goalie and then as they cool down, the other one comes back up, right? And as long as they can continue to do that, it'll be fine, right? It's 
yeah, we can have a shaky, like people, like it's a very long, it's an 82 game stretch. Like we're going to have shaky, there's going to be situations of shaky, right? And we also had a game really recently, which Matt Murray did steal and Sheldon Keefe did agree in his post game comments. He's like, I don't feel like we had a game this year that was stolen by a goaltender until that game had happened. So you have these two wonderful goaltenders and that's the, that like, that's the hope of the tandem. The goal of having a really strong backup goalie is that they can come in when your goalie has hurt you in the first period and bring give you a chance to win the game. He won them the game. I think no matter if um, Matt Murray had played the entire game on Tuesday, I still think Ilya Samsonov, probably, or Samsonov, whichever you prefer, people switch back and forth. I believe he prefers Samsonov. He still probably was playing this Winnipeg Jets game. And it's also important to note that we played the Winnipeg Jets this season back in October, and Ilya Samsonov won that game as well, 4-1, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Well, and and it helps when you get two Austin Matthews goals, right? Where's the statistics? So nice. Yeah. And and he has twenty-eight points in twenty-one games versus Winnipeg. Twenty-eight points in twenty-one games. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's and and the Leafs made Hellebook look mortal tonight. Similar to how they did it with Vasilevsky in the playoffs, right? We couldn't believe that we had so many goals on Vasilevsky, which was why we as Leaf fans, I think most of us, were so upset that they didn't win because we got so many goals on Vasilevsky compared to years past, right? And they're, they seem to be slowly being able to gain this ability to score on goalies that in years past were just brick walls where we were like, oh, we're playing against Hellebuck. That's two points lost. Oh, we're playing against Vasilevsky. That's two points lost. And it is yeah. not. It is nice to be on the giving end of it for once. It's so nice to be giving goalie. And it's also like it's a credit. It's a little bit of a credit to the Leafs team. Um, we can talk a little bit about how the first period went so badly. But the idea like getting shots, um, peppering a goalie with shots. Well, the Leafs did have way less shots than the Jets. But the Jets were also losing almost for almost the majority of the game from the second period, literally eight seconds in onwards. Let's, we can talk about that Matthews goal. Oh my god! Beautiful, so pretty. That... We're watching Lauren and I. Are, Lauren and I are watching this game together, and I'm uh, panicking, like watching this goal. And Lauren's not, and I couldn't figure out why. And why didn't you panic, Lauren? Because his celly was the same as Tuesday, so I thought it was a replay from the goal the other night. And then Robert's like, "Lauren, they scored," and I was like, "What?" It was very funny. It was very funny. He had it's the tough. same celly, and then you know. And then he scored again, so I got redemption because I saw that one live. The scariest thing for the rest of the National Hockey League is a really good Austin Matthews, and we've been saying that for forever. And before Matthews' 60-goal season, he was a really streaky scorer, so it's really nice to see him getting these four uh, points in four games, like getting on these runs, and having he got to have that little bit of rest, which apparently did wonders for him. And you know what that means? We might see him sit again sometime this season. It wouldn't surprise me. And also, at this point, we don't have the announcement of if he's going to the All-Star game, but he's probably not going to the All-Star game. It's unlikely. The current report is that Cole Caulfield is one of the people who got in for the Atlantic Division. Fun fact. That's we should find that out in about in about an hour. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I'm but, sure Andrew will tell us. I'm sure Andrew will I'm make sure, sure we know. But I cannot, if Matthews needs a little bit of extra rest for whatever the issue is, whether it's the cross-check on whether it was the cross check from really early in the season on Jamie Ben, whether it's his wrist, whatever the heck the issue is, it's really wonderful like to see him like look good. Yeah, it is. And for and, and then he gets a second goal, you know, less than five minutes later. Right. And and Incredible. from and he's just he just another situation where 
the Jets are in the right spots. We said this live during the game. The defensemen where they were supposed to be, and Matthews was just like, look at all this prime real estate right between these two face-off dots. So much space. Isn't this just an ideal spot to just kill it into the back of the net? And he did. And then a few minutes later, Marner on the shorthanded goal just freezes Hellebuck. Just straight up freezes him. Freezes him stone colder than colder than an ice cream cake. Like just he was it was a two on one and Mitch Marner passes. Everybody knows that. But Mitch Marner can shoot. And last year we saw that more. And I'm hoping that we continue to see that again this year because Marner's face. He couldn't believe that he got the goal. He looked befuddled that it went in the net. We we know Mitch Marner loves to get assists more than he loves to shoot. This man's got to shoot. Like, he's on, what, it's now 20 uh, games at home point streak. Like, his yeah. home streak is now, like, his point streak has cooled off, but his home streak has continued. Like, there's a reason this man is going to the All-Star game, and it's going to be really wonderful to watch the rest of the league, like, continue to love him. Because, like, last year, he spent a lot of time in Matthew's shadow. Like, he spent a lot of it giving the assists and making sure Matthew's got that 60. And we spent the entire season with Matthew's Marner, but... Um, with Matthews, Marner, Bunting, not in that order. But we spent a lot of the season like that. And now he's been really able to drive play on that second line because it's really wonderful to have a really dominant first line. And we're definitely going to see Matthews, Marner, Bunting together in the playoff situation. When we're down a goal, we tend to see it. But having these two lines that are able to drive this play is really wonderful. And then we talk about the third line, which also is producing. And we then we talk about the fourth line, which is also slowly trying to get their footing in like we're sitting here this game today was at least Aston Reese Kerfoot Hunt which is kind of like the makeshift fourth line they're still working on mm-hmm. um I really like the third line's performance tonight too McMahon Camp Engvall Engvall had some really wonderful looks in the third period um McMahon immediately like first shift of the game just really really great hit like took the puck possession away and then and then with lays the big body in the corner and becomes Bobby McMahon slaughter, right? Uh, Just becomes Bobby McMahon from, from the first shift for him to have that shift right out of the gate for the, for the young guys to be playing that way. It shows that they are able to, right? And if he can bring that energy and continue to elevate that way, even when other guys aren't playing because they, the team wasn't playing well in the first, listen, we won, right? Four one. We're not complaining, but they, they, if they continued to play the rest of the game, like how the first went, they would have lost if, and, and there were some chances in the first that if another goalie is in net, maybe those go in, right? Because, Listen, Matt Murray let in four goals on eight shots the other night, and almost identical shots happened against Samsonov, but he just was able to make them tonight. And maybe another night he doesn't, but today we get the two points, we get the big 4-1 win, and we get we get feeling good going into Saturday against the Habs, which, you know, is a team that isn't playing well, which means the Leafs might lose. So take the over on yeah. that one, guys. That'll be a fun game. So excited. But the question is still, Lauren, who plays the game? Who, if you want to sit there and you are now, hello, you are Lauren Dubas. Lauren, who is the goalie you are playing? Sammy. Sammy. Because because yeah. how he ends the game on Tuesday, how he plays tonight, how do you let Matt Murray do Hockey Night in Canada after how well Sammy has played this week. I think you have to give him the opportunity to have three games in a row where he's really rolling. And you mentioned earlier that some Caps fans that you talked to 
we're saying that Samsonov plays really well when he's playing frequently. He doesn't do well on rest. And we saw that earlier this season, right? He came back from injury and he wasn't playing very well. Mm-hmm. And and then he gets playing into more games and he starts playing better and better and better. And tonight, you know, the the boys play well enough that they give Sammy some smiles. And I hope we can do that again on Saturday because, gosh, it's it's nice to to – have a goalie that is playing as well as he is, even though he had a couple bad games a few games ago. He, for like the median, the mean that he has created is is above average than what we've experienced as Hawk as Leaf fans for at least a little while, especially compared to the last couple of years of Campbell and Freddie and and Mrazek, right? Oh, to be a Leafs fan without having the fear of shaky goaltending. But, like, that's part of, like, once again, when you have a lot of your cap spent in your top six, in your bottom six, like, if you have a lot of money in the core four, somewhere that money falters. And a lot of it has been, like, in this goalie situation. Like, we didn't, like, it was really looking very clearly that we were not going to be able to re-sign Jack Campbell because he wanted a number of, he wanted term and he wanted contract. He wanted a five by five. And you cannot blame the guy for wanting that security, especially because he played really well. And he had a pretty good first round what that 11 goal that 11 game win streak right unbroken where he won 11 straight in a row like you like you said he earned it he he earned it we just i'm glad that we didn't sign it and i'm glad that we have samsonov and i hope he continues to play as well as he did and you know moving towards the end of the game you know geo gets the empty netter with a couple minutes to go but that comes after a very scary moment with with timothy lilligren right yeah Let's talk about Timothy Lilligren. So basically, from what it looked like is that there was traffic in front and Lilligren is trying to block everything and there's shots being taken by the Jets and there's a shot and it hits wide and it hits Lilligren and we cannot really, you can't completely say where the uh, shot, I'm sorry everybody, I looked down at my phone because I found out Austin Matthews is going to the All-Star game. Oh, is he? So. Okay. So Austin Matthews is one of the confirmed, I can tell you that now. So anyway, congrats to Matthews. Congrats I guess you Matthews. don't get your rest. Miami, Florida is really nice. It's not but, really work. It's not the um, same. It's not the same as a game. It's, not, it's different. But Timothy Lilligren, we're not really sure what happens with the visor. Basically, from what we can, like, you can kind of tell from the replays, and you don't really want to watch the replays too many times, is we think it's very high dome like it's high head it's not necessarily like it's not face it's high um he might have he got saved a lot by the visor the visor probably helped him out a lot yeah so thank goodness for visors this is why it's important to wear them and we go immediately to commercial we kind of see he's hunched over we're not really sure what's going on with him and basically he goes to the room and then like two three minutes later he's back on the bench and we had some questions. Yeah. Can anybody in the chat actually confirm if he did return to the bench? Because somebody told me that he returned to the bench, but then somebody else told me that they weren't actually on the bench, that it was a tracking error. So maybe the chat can tell us because our chat is Good very question. handy like that. That would be lovely. Yeah. Um. And, and you're right. Like, it is a very scary thing. And when you see injuries like that, that, that save somebody's face because of a visor, you know, you look at players that have been in the league a long time, you know, look at uh, that Ryan O'Reilly. For example, or or who else plays without a visor? Radko Gudis playing without a visor, right? Like there are players that continue to choose not to wear a visor because they were grandfathered in on that rule, and if that's their choice, that's their choice. But injuries like that, boy, when injuries like that happen, anything that involves the head is so scary. So scary. And it, it goes off the top of his cranium. Like, you only get one brain, right? And and it's 
it's really scary to think about how how much worse that injury could have been if his head had been up, you know, 15 degrees higher, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it catches yeah. him right in the mouth and it just wrecks his jaw, which, yeah. and, and so hopefully, hopefully. Also, also not ideal. Um, the last update we kind of have, because we do, this is a post game show. We don't have a lot of information is, uh, Keith didn't have an update, but he says he, the team is hopeful that it's not too bad. And the nice thing of, like, it being a high hit, like, it wasn't, like, directly to face, wasn't to eye, wasn't to broken nose, you know, lots of different things. It could have been a lot of different things, like, we have hope. Um, a little terrifying. I Can our defense, can we have a couple games, a good, like, three, four game stretch even that would be really nice of, like, not having our defensemen hurt? That'd be really nice for me. Yeah. Well, like, and, and the injury we, news keeps coming. The injury news keeps coming, right? Especially with Nick Robertson now being out six, a minimum of six months of shoulder surgery. Like, the good news just doesn't seem to want to come health-wise for the Leafs this year. And that's across the league. But it just seems like this year specifically, there's so many defensemen that are hurt. But, again, we seem to have been rising to the occasion when that happens. And because Morgan Riley hasn't been playing spectacularly well, although he had at least one assist tonight on the first goal, I think you said, yeah. Um, you know, you, you have to hope that maybe this is where Morgan Riley turns the corner and becomes back closer to what we expect him to be, what he has been in previous seasons. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we hope, I mean, Mac Hollowell is now out with an injury as well. So it's going to be somebody else that has to come up again. Hello, Connor Timmons. Welcome back. You sat in the press box for a game. You're probably playing against the Habs. As long as, at least for me, as far as Connor Timmons, I also have been agreeing with Steve. Like, he's been a really wonderful player. He had a really bad game. Like, a really bad game. And he did play himself kind of into the press box. Yeah. As long as we don't see Riley Timmons, I, like, will have, like, some hope in this. Like, I want to see what the lineups do. Like, you've got six play you've got these six defensemen like how are you going to juggle them around the lineup i really like Giordano hall i wouldn't split up that pair my favorite pair has been sandine lilligren and uh right now i'm making the assumption that lilligren is probably not playing on saturday he might but uh i kind of hope he gets that rest like especially because we are able to play without them but having brody on ir and we still don't really know what happened to brody we never really got that answer it's ir like i hope he gets all the rest he needed i hope he didn't get rushed back by like was he rushed back when he uh had his abductor or his injury to i believe his ribs like that's the question we've been able to play with these like carousel of defense which a lot of teams fun fact uh, aren't able to do like we are sitting in this weird anomaly of that well so and that's just it right like it's 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 sort of difficult to understand what what choices you really have because it seems like there's so few and and so when that happens you sort of have to just tighten your seatbelt and hope that and hope that the roller coaster stays on the tracks, right? Like, and I think that it was originally projected that Brody might be back for the game on Saturday. I don't know if that expedites that. I don't know if, I mean, I mean, I think the good thing is, is that this happened at home. So if he has to get evaluated, mm-hmm. it can be in the next 12 to 24 hours. And then they can get, yeah. hopefully, some form of answer. And hopefully it's a good answer. But I wonder what will happen if they decide to go the safe route. Because Victor Mete can't come up, uh, it'll have to be Connor Timmons, like you said. It would have. It would have mm-hmm. to be. And so, Hall has been playing better this season than he has previously. We no longer have to deal with the dermatologist line, which was always awful, and they tried to make happen, 
Rest in peace, such Travis a good pun, though. I know. It's such a good pun. It had so Why much potential, it and it just it just crumbled it like a soggy work. Kleenex, and it just didn't work. Almost as bad as Riley Timmons, right? And <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost, almost. Minus I think, three. I think that that's the thing when you have this really high standard of a team. Like as we've been talking about, like the standard of this team is so high. Like Riley Timmons didn't have like the worst game in the world. But they had two giveaways that led to goals. Like that's what the Riley Timmons. Like that's that's why we can be upset about this one pair. Is like we have the ability. Like we can shuffle the lineups. And the nice thing about Keith is he is somewhat willing to shuffle lineups in the middle of the game, especially defenseman yeah. defense pairing. He seems to be more willing to shuffle around with than line changing. Right. Yeah. It's a, so that's nice to see. It's a little bit of that because you never really know what's going to happen with any of the lines because sometimes he changes it in the middle of the game which i like i like the ability to adjust i like that he's willing to do that as opposed to the previous administration which was like i will die on this hill alone and sad and in the wrong before i make any in-game changes yeah and we saw matthew's martyr bunting last game we saw little pieces of that in yep. when they were down and they ended up coming back from a 4-2 deficit and it's one of the rare like winning and it was overtime it would have been really nice to beat the florida panthers in regulation but that those two points are already two points gone and passed and now we have another two points yeah which is really nice and with how they've played the last two games it's a little bit of a miracle that they have four points right it's surprising and let's hope that that continues someone in the josh in the chat do you think anyone on the leafs could take on jack high in what way josh like in a fist fight i'll take giordano all day i would i think bunting would be willing to scrap bunting's basically willing to scrap with anybody arbor jack i believe had another fight tonight and he has been quite he's quite a a feisty player on montreal and he's been a really fun he's a really fun player to watch oh yeah favorite players to watch on montreal he looks like Um, the the michael bunting of the defense on on montreal essentially right a little bit and yeah and i could see and bunting with his choice words for mark shifley after the uh, lilligren injury yes some expletives. Um, yes, it's basically if you're if you missed that little moment. Um, after the Lilligren injury, um, basically Lilligren falls down in front of Mark Shifley, and Mark Shifley, we don't have the answer. We did not have the microphone on Mark Shifley, but it looked like Mark uh, Mark Shifley was angry that the play got stopped because somebody was hurt, and you can't really tell if that's what's happening, but. Michael Bunting did very much believe that that's what happened because he had some very angry words to say at both Mark Shifley and a little bit at the referees. So I think Michael Bunting's willing to go to bat for his team. Yeah. Morgan Riley also was yelling about it. Like, I don't think, I don't, like, I don't know if the Leafs need to have Wayne Simmons. Like, Wayne Simmons did not play in this game. Like, you don't necessarily need to have Wayne Simmons to, like, drag you into the fight of the game. But there wasn't... This game also wasn't really fighty, which was surprising to me. I was expecting it's the game against the Jets. The last couple games against the Jets have been fireworks. Yeah. Not a lot of fireworks. Maybe if it had been tied a little bit later, maybe if it had been a little bit more of a back-and-forth game, we would have had those fireworks and we really these are more just like them. it was more like a sparklers game not like fireworks sparklers. right just little sparklers just... i like spark i like the sparklers game because right? the sparklers went in our favor that yes was cool. absolutely and you know we've been lucky enough like you said to have now won three games in a row against the jets and with them playing as well Thanks, as they are this year it's yes thank you jets appreciate it um it is nice to be able to do that to a team that is playing really well and yeah you know i think that I think that Wayne Simmons Simmons does bring that, but at the cost of goal scoring. 
Like it's yeah. it's been almost a calendar year, everybody. We're coming up on ten months in a week that or two weeks that it's going to be a year or ten months since since Wayne Simmons last mm-hmm. scored, right? And-, and he takes costly penalties and I love Wayne Simmons. I am a huge Wayne Simmons fan and I I hope we win a cup with Wayne Simmons on the team, but when you are Please. down when yeah, right? Wouldn't that be nice? I wanted that with Spezza too, but that didn't happen. He's still special assistant. He still technically would get. I believe he'd still get a ring, or at least yeah. he needs a day with a cup, no matter what. Yeah. If not, if he doesn't get a ring, can we make him a ring? I personally will go to the metal shop and go make him a ring. Yeah. But, like that's the thing. It's Wayne Simmons. Like what I said to Lauren because uh, we were looking at the lineup before the game started. I'm like, I'm kind of okay with Simmons not playing in this game because he takes these costly penalties. Yeah. I also say that we also took a freaking too many men penalty. We also there was a puck over the glass. The Mitch Marner special. <laughs> the puck the over Marner the glass. Spe- like. Like yeah. just But then they score on the right. power play on the PK, right? That was so on the PK. Thank you for the shorthanded goal because honestly, if they had up in arms, like if they had scored on that penalty, I think we would be having a much different game that was letting the Jets back into this game. And yeah. the thing with taking bench miners, the Leafs have still, I believe, one of the top like in the top three teams of bench miners this season. Um things like that. Like it sucks to take stick infraction penalties, but they happen. Like Giordano's was a holding, I believe, and also kind of but like puck over the glass, too many men. Like I really just you know, reckless. And could, you could and Bobby McMahon at least have taken the too many men, so it could have been too much McMahon. <laughs> at least could have we've had the pun. I mean, listen, I love a good pun as much as anybody, and I'm 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 glad that Mitch Marner had a redemption shorty for doing the puck over the glass. Like, thank you. That was great. That that's good. But please don't do that again, right? I don't. I don't believe it was Marner who did the puck over the glass this game. Oh, I thought it I was. Believe, oh no, it was just. I just called it the Marner special. Yeah, it is the Marner special, but I believe it actually might have been Timothy Liljegren. Oh yeah, I think you're right. That. I think you're right. I believe it was because it was early in the game, but I do like. I know lots of people who call it the Mitch Marner special because of the Columbus series. Yeah, anyway. oh, that's every time but, they take that penalty, I have just flashbacks. Oh my gosh. Oh. One more thing, if we're talking about special teams for a second. Thank you. Thank you, Sheldon. We're done. Can we be done with the five forward power play for a little bit? Like, can we shelve it for a couple games? I think we're all, as fans, over it. You know the problem, though, Good. is that it's they're still scoring on it, even though it's awful. Which is just but sort of getting- reinforcing the fact that they should keep doing it, even though we hate it. And it takes them 35 seconds to get into the zone. And, you know, 10% of the time it works every time. And it's 10% of the time it works every time. Yeah. And it's just the problem is, is that they have been producing on it. Like they got two power play goals the other night, which is part of the reason that they won the game against Florida. But it's just, you know, with the with the second Matthews goal and even the first Matthews goal, it's it's like they have these moments where they realize, hey, if we just go into their zone and don't try and get set up and just try shit we might actually score a goal and that's that's how at least two of the goals happen tonight right and and mm-hmm. i think it's for me it's frustrating on the power play because we i could close my eyes and narrate what's going to happen on their entry <laughs> and everybody else knows it too and that's why it's not working as well even though yes they are scoring but it's not because they're getting these great zone entries generally it's because they're getting a face off in the zone the, the- the most effective penalty kill is one that still feels dangerous, and it's why it's really wonderful to have Marner, who's one of the top penalty killers in, the, like, probably in the league at this point. I'm really curious where he leads the league in uh, shorthanded goals, but like that's an effective penalty kill. And the most effective power play is not being predictable because, yeah. fun fact, 
guess what every team does before they play? They said, all right, Winnipeg Jets teammates, you're going to sit here and you're going to watch footage of the Maple Leafs power play so you know what to do against it. They have iPads on the bench where they watch the power plays. They watch what they did wrong and what they can fix. The most, the best thing you can be is unpredictable. And the five forward power play was so predictable. Marner unable to walk the line. If they get it past him, they can two on one. If they and you might get it, you might get the goalie to save it. You might not. Marner is so much. I like him so much more on the half wall. And even though that power play they had that did have Riley quarterbacking, like didn't score. It was one of their more effective ones. They had like three or four shots. Yeah. Did all of them hit the net? I'm not entirely sure, but it actually felt effective and it felt dangerous. Like, there's a reason that teams don't go the five forward power play all the time. Will I be happy if the five forward power play get what takes us into the second round? Absolutely. I will eat crow on this show. But for right now, in January, when two points are two points and Tampa is breathing down our necks, I don't really need to see the five forward power play right now. It's, it's just not what I want to see. It's just like I would rather watch those really satisfying videos of like paint, paint, like deep painter take take hold of a shovel. You know what I mean? You know those videos where they pour the chemicals on it and the paint just slides off. Like that's better than watching good... those that god awful entry. Like it just drives me bananas. Please, I will do almost anything except buy a Bruins jersey to watch them try another entry method. Because they're just trying to fit a square peg in a round hole and it's not working and they're getting better chances when they have zone time and they aren't getting zone time with that entry. Like, they're just not. If the fans are able to predict what's going to happen on the power play, the players who are paid to do this are going to start figuring out your power play. Like, that's just where we're at. And I'm really glad it didn't hurt them tonight. The shorthanded was really wonderful, but I just wanted to put that out there that this was the first game where it wasn't after the seventh power play we finally see Riley quarterbacking. They are starting to go, okay, we need to have a defenseman. It doesn't need to be Morgan Riley. I know people want to eat Morgan Riley. It could be Connor Timmons. I would like to see him on the power play. I liked Rasmus Sandin when he was quarterbacking the power play. It does not have to be Morgan Riley. It could be, would you try Giordano there? Probably not. That feels like not a great idea. But, like, I just want to see, like, having that, I want to have a quarterback there properly. I really just, it really frustrates me seeing the 5-4 power play. Especially when you have a game like the Florida Pan- against the Florida Panthers where you had seven power plays and you scored on one of them, two of them. Like, like yes, yeah. that's where I'm at. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed that rant of a moment of I really still don't like the five forward power play. <laughs> no, that's okay. I actually, truth be told, I don't really love Sandine on the power play. I think he, I think, I think it's really frustrating to watch him on the power play because all he wants to do is pass mm-hmm. to Nylander. He does. Yep. And that's okay. And that's okay. And and we're going to, we fin- we talked about the game and now we're going to make a hard right turn and we're going to talk about, hard right turn. we're going to talk about one of the things that Robert and I have in common, which is. Our wonderful community, the LGBTQ2S plus community. Shout out all of our community friends and allies in the chat. So this is your moment. If you do not want to hear people talk about Ivan Provorov and talk about their opinions around the Ivan Provorov situation, here is your moment. And we take a very deep breath. And we're going to talk about this for a couple minutes because it's been affecting us for the last 72 hours. And that's where we're at. Lauren, would you like to start? You were fired pretty 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 fired up. I like I liked where you started with it. Let's go. I want to hear your I want to hear your take. It's complicated. 
this is not like a really that's the biggest thing with this profile it's not a one side like one shoe fits situation especially as over the last 24 hours we've learned even more about it in a funny turn of events there is not a binary answer necessarily in this conversation (laughs) no especially as we sit here and learn more information about it absolutely and here's you brought up a good Go point. Ahead. You brought up a good point while we were watching the game, actually, that Chuck Fletcher, the Flyers GM, allegedly did not know that Provera was going to be doing this until it was happening. So yeah. that is another level to this conversation because we found out later after the game that that Torts knew going into the game that this was going to happen. And for that decision to be made is a decision that Torts made. And I can't speak to why he made that decision and why he let him lead the team in ice time. And I think that, unfortunately, that speaks volumes. And and it's a great example of how inaction is an action. And by making the decision to do that, you have essentially told, you have a, you, you know, it's, it's pride night on that game. It is. It's not pride warm up. Right? Even though they only wear the jerseys for the warm up, it's pride night. It is supposed to be a a welcome mat. It's supposed to be a please let us show you how we want you to be a part of our community, how you can sit with us, you can be a part of our team and our fandom and we want you here and we love you. And for the coach of the team to make the decision to not only have that player play the full game, but lead the team in ice time is something that I think maybe doesn't hurt him now. But down the line, as time goes on and as hockey begins to very slowly but gradually hopefully change, I hope that decision haunts him. Let's talk about choice for a second. Let's talk about choice because... Ivan Provorov does have the choice to not wear the jersey. They made that very clear that he is practicing his religion. He's Russian Orthodox, and he's choosing not to play or not to take part partake in this warm-up. Okay? That's one choice. It's a different choice for John Tortorella to let this man play in the game, lead the team in ice time. Like, these are choices that are being made. You are like, it was a choice. And guess who that choice hurts? It doesn't actually hurt Ivan Provorov, clearly, very much. It hasn't hurt John Tortorella much. It hasn't hurt the NHL very much, has it? Guess who it's hurting? Every LGBT fan of this sport. Because if you'd like to look at my mentions over the last 48 hours, where I tweeted kind of angrily that I hate that this sport constantly keeps proving that the sport hates me, they're hot garbage. That's the best way to explain it. Because that's who this is hurting. It's not really hurting Provorov. It's not hurting the National Hockey League. It's hurting the LGBT fans. It's hurting the LGBT community. It's hurting any closeted player that might be playing in the NHL. Which I don't know there are who's some. playing in the NHL. There are. Probably. Statistically speaking, yeah. it's almost impossible that there's not at least yeah. one. It's hurting players trying to get into the league. Hello, Luke Prokop, who spoke out about this a little bit earlier. That's who you're hurting. Like, 
he's not hurting. Will Provorov, maybe, like, are there a lot of teams that wanted to trade for Provorov who now won't trade for Provorov? It's possible. We know he didn't want to stay on the Philadelphia Flyers. We're pretty sure. But, like, that's who this is hurting. I think that's the thing that we're forgetting is, like, that's who this is hurting. And we're sitting here um, as queer hockey fans, as trans hockey fans, and, like, like needing to have to sit and talk about this. Like, I'm now going to have to sit and talk about this for the next, like, month. This isn't, like, just going away. Yeah. It might go away from mainstream media, and it might go away from hockey. It's not going to go away from me. No. And it and it will continue, right? And, you know, you, you actually got... It, it's funny because it is sort of a double-edged sword, right? We... We are asked to talk about these things when they happen because we're members of our community and we're happy to talk about them. But it it takes away from the good that's happening in the community too. And it Mm -hmm. instead mirrors things that we're trying to get out of the game. We're trying to make the game more inclusive to not only the LGBTQ community, but to the Latino community and the black community and communities of all different sizes and colors and origins and to sit and for it's people hard. to be able to sit out like that for with no consequence it it's it it just feels icky you know i robert and i were talking like we said before the game about what what we were going to talk about and how we were going to tackle this and one of the questions that we said we were going to talk about is well what would what do we think is the best thing to do i don't have an answer for what the best thing to do is but i have i have a a, a different I have a different scenario. Okay. So we mentioned Austin Matthews is going to be going to the All-Star game. And that's great. Congratulations to Austin Matthews. Alexander Ovechkin every year skips the All-Star game. Right. And the All-Star game has zero importance. It's nothing more than promotion to get to get it's a people team, interested. It's a team building exercise as far as the NHL is a team and like you go as a team, but that's the only real like it's, it's a lot of media. It's, it's a, a lot of it's a lot of showbiz, right? It's just a lot of showbiz. And Alexander Ovechkin, every year when he does that, when he's invited, is suspended for a game. And that game means nothing in the long term. Right? You're trying to access new fans and make it like this cool thing. Ooh, on the Las Vegas trip. Ooh. But for there to be zero, and I'm not saying there needs to be a major consequence. I'm not saying suspended for the rest of the season or anything like that. I'm not even saying he should have been, you know, he should have been suspended for the game or get a $10,000 fine. That's not what I'm saying. But the All-Star game means literally nothing. Nothing. It holds no weight. There's no value in it. And Pride Night is something that does hold value to a lot of people. And it holds value to kids that can't come out to their families because they know that their parents are going to disown them. It, it, it's a lot for trans people that can't live their true selves because they know that their work is going to fire them. And it, for there to be zero consequence for that, when there's a consequence for missing a media tour, essentially, it it just it just undercuts all of the growth that so many players, because there are so many players that are trying to do right by by mine and Robert's community and by so many other people's communities. And, you know, uh, uh, Artemi Panarin is Russian Orthodox, very famously. And he is and he makes his choice to wear the pride jersey. Right. And Evgeny Malkin. Right. Another another person that is proudly Russian Orthodox and makes the choice and everybody makes their choices. 
and it's important to remember that choices have consequences and and I don't think that we fully felt the, the consequences of his choice because now other players are going to feel emboldened to make the same decision and to and and, and it's not only in hockey, right? The Tampa Bay Rays last year, five of their players refused to wear the pride jersey. And and hmm. it's something that is still in the sport that we love and that we are hoping one day isn't acceptable and it's slowly getting better, but it's not better yet. It's hard. Yeah. Is Provorov an inherently bad person? I don't know. I don't know him. No. He grew up in a culture ingrained with ingrained and homophobic views, and that really sucks, and change happens, and people can grow, and people can change. And, like, I don't, like, once again, I can't argue that that's what he is, but John Tortorella didn't want to give up two points and played him the whole game, and you could have benched him. And we also know Tortorella has once again has had these views of like if a player kneels for uh, kneels during the anthem, they would be benched. He's admitted that he's walked it back a little bit after some education. Yep. I don't. And that's the thing is like all of this and Lauren and I are sitting here like doing our best through this conversation and like it's hard. I don't I wish that you didn't have to look at LGBT people and ask for this answer. I yeah. wish I didn't have to sit here and talk about this. It's the same as like I wish I didn't have to sit and talk about bathrooms as much as I talk <laughs> about bathrooms. I'd really love to not. Yeah. But when you make a choice and he made his choice to sit out, there are consequences to that choice. And this is a team activity. The Philadelphia Flyers were one of the first arenas to um, say, hey, if you say a homophobic slur, you're getting kicked out of our building. Yep. Um, James Van Riemsdyk is a really wonderful ally. Scott Lawton, after the game, JVR and Scott Lawton met with a bunch of LGBT kids that they brought to that game. They brought fi like 50 kids to this game. They do incredible community work. But no, we're not talking about that. We're and talking about this I, We're talking about this. And I'd love to, and 90% of the time I do tend to be like, well, let's look at like the 600 players that are okay with this. It's really hard for me not to see that this is a slippery slope and that this isn't the last person that will do this. And it's going to be really hard. And, and, you know, I think it, I think it's, I think it speaks for itself that Torts chose two points on Philly over a whole community. And, and it, 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 it's unfortunate and and i there's no fun way to have this conversation right and and it's a choice that they make and listen i didn't make a choice to be gay and <laughs> rob didn't make a choice to be trans it's no more it's no more my choice than the country i was born in really and and if you aren't aware of that that's okay it's okay to have questions and it's okay to want to ask those questions in a respectful way and there is lots of community that you can google and and get some of these answers because rob and i certainly don't have the ability to sit here and answer all of them and and i'm proud that i can be on this network a network sdpn has done so much in regards to vetting the people that they have on the team and every single person at sdpn is just so not it, it's just so far above an ally if they're not in the community they're they're not even allies they're warriors for the community and we're continuing to grow as a, as a team and you know i'm i'm very lucky and and i know that i feel grateful that i even have rob in the, in the same team and and we're only going to get bigger and badder and better and it's 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 a wonderful thing to be a part of and i'm glad that we're on the right side of history and not the side of torts <laughs>
at the end of the yeah, day. Honestly, like that's the question. Yeah. Man, get on the bus or get out of our way. Like, here's yeah. the thing. Are your hate tweets going to let make me leave hockey again? No. Like, I'm not no. really sure what you're going for here. Like, if you're just trying to make me feel bad about a thing I can't control, thank you. Good, <laughs> you tried. Good luck. Have fun. I cannot... Uh, my friend Chanel, who uh, worked for a while with the uh, Seattle Kraken, I believe, is now with Hockey of Tomorrow. I believe I want to. I can't confirm, but um, says all the time, um, I can't fix hockey if I leave it, and that's part of it. Is the reason we have these Pride Nights, or so we have community members come in and see there is this beautiful like community like once again that pride night was really done well the leafs do a pride night every year and they'll have one this year i don't know the exact date of it and that will be really wonderful um in, the in Tampa years Bay past Lightning. in years past the leafs actually marched in the parade like kyle dubas marches in a pride shirt in the parade like we're lucky that we live in the city that we do that is so accepting because yeah i know that like the city my wife is from is very much not like that right she's from the southwest mm -hmm. and it's a very old type of culture and we have to act like we're just friends when we're there and we've been married for coming up on four years now right and it's it's it it's nice to be able to live somewhere that we do where we can feel safe and 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 speak about this from a safe place right because there are lots of people that it's unsafe to be who they are in all on all kinds of places in the world right and we need to reach those hockey fans too i had somebody say to me today like don't be trans robert just be robert and I didn't know even how to begin to respond to that. And those are like the kind of, I'm like, I don't even know where to start with that conversation. It's not like it's a personality like, it trait. I think that's the, I'm like, is my <laughs> transness like my hair color or that I wear glasses or what? It was one of the oddest. And so like, that's on the like nice side of the weird comments I've had in the last couple days. I mean, you can so get LASIK for your one. eyes. You can't, you can't get LASIK for the trans. That's not how it works. <laughs> I could try. I don't think they, I would like call a doctor and they'd be like, I don't know how to answer that. They'd be um, like, let's talk about your psychiatric medication and how we're going to up the let's dose talk on that. About, yeah, let's change. <laughs> Change gears here of like who where okay yeah. please sit here. like i don't know and what so. does this invisible man in your voice in your head look like you know Good what i mean questions like it's such a weird it was such a weird and like that's what these kind of things do is like when we have people who make a choice to be openly like hey i'm not cool with supporting lgbt guess what comes out literally the worst of the woodwork into a random trans person you don't know's mentions to be like this yep. is you are a bad person for existing yeah and it's really hard to start conversations with people of like i don't believe you should exist there's conversation <laughs> yeah. and there's been some really wonderful conversations around Provrov of like what does it mean of like what does it mean to have choice in this situation what was allowed what isn't but when we're coming from two different when i'm coming from i don't necessarily agree with a choice to I don't think you deserve rights. It's really hard to balance those yeah. scales. Because that's two opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Because it's okay if you don't agree with that, then that is your then that is your life. But when your life affects other people's lives and you are a public figure, I think to some degree there should be some some level of accountability for the actions that you take. And and his action was his action, and he is allowed to make that action. And I I hope that the trend continues in the opposite direction. And I hope yeah. we don't There's have to have this conversation again. Yeah. 
And there's like some really wonderful people putting out articles. Um, David Amber sat down with Bane Pettinger, who's one of the yes. guys in openly gay NHL agent. Lauren and I talked about uh, Justin Bourne put out a really wonderful article about Ivan Provorov. Mm -hmm. Knew he'd get backlash, put out the article anyway, has always put out articles around like LGBT, uh, like about LGBT acceptance in the sport. Luke Procrop put out a thing. Um, Brock McGillis is a hockey figure that you can look to. Like there are lots of LGBT hockey figures that we can look to that are like, there are people who are, who are queer themselves or like are, are really wonderful allies. So that is, I, you know, we could talk about our three weird podcast dinguses. Like that happens. Yeah. They are cool too. So there's a lot of good. And that's why I like, when I tweeted a couple days ago, I'm like, I hate that the sport proves like constantly tells me it hates me. Like, I'm very, like, I think there is an aspect of anger, and I think it's okay to be angry about this. I was having, someone told me, they're like, you've been handling this so much better than me. And I'm like, I am so angry. Yeah. And now I, like, got We just don't spew it on the internet. We just don't throw it up yeah. all over the internet instead, right? Angry, like, there's so much anger, and I was really angry at the Provorov thing, and I've been angry for days. And now I'm coming out of the anger and seeing the like footage of the young queer and trans kids that got to go to that Philadelphia Flyers game. And yeah. um, Tampa has their Pride Night in a couple weeks, and guess who they're playing? The Philadelphia Flyers. I thought that was a little ironic. That's in a few uh, couple weeks. Um, the rest of the Pride Nights will continue to happen. Um, the Washington Capitals had their um, Pride Night the same night as the philadelphia flyers and guess what we've heard literally nothing about anything like the event went really well they had a queer artist named dave do their artwork like we had some really wonderful time like you can have a pride night and not become the center of the hockey media world and make it about America. love which is what it's all supposed to be about right and if you're in make the chat right now it's more than likely that you have love for us and our community and we appreciate the heck out of you I know that at least a couple of our admins, all of the some of the game over people are in our chat right now. I see Kaya from Van Van Game Over Vancouver, my our West Coast our West Coast affiliates for the Canucks, and uh, and we appreciate. I saw Audi for a second. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of people in. I think even Yams was in the chat for a while too. She was. And and if you're here, we appreciate you, and we appreciate the love, and we appreciate the support that you've been giving not only to us but the network and and our community and 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 continue to be loud loving voices and and voices for wanting positive change because you know anybody that's here anybody that's talked about it has seen how how much the bad news outweighs good news in situations like this because we should be talking about JVR and those kids and we should be talking about all the other players that do so much for the community and and let's hope that that continues to overshadow all of the people that decide that make the choice to not support the community. But thank you for well, for thank you for supporting us as a community. Thank you for supporting us as a pod. Thank you for coming and watching Game Over Toronto after a wonderful four one Leafs dominant dominant Samsonov smiley right. showstopper of a game. Robert, do we think we should sign off? We we left it on a good loving note here. I think we did all the things. Thank you, the Leafs, for things. winning because it would have been really sad to go from a really sad Leafs loss to that sad of a topic. So, yeah. thanks, Leafs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and thank you, Robert, for coming on tonight. I really appreciate you coming on. And, and I had a blast watching the game with you. And, and I can't wait to have you on again later this season. And, and I can't wait to <clears throat> maybe see you next week. And, and I can't wait maybe. to do more game overs with you. And I can't wait to to be more part of this community and have all of our community become more warriors for us and warriors for positive change and 
And thank you for watching Game Over, everybody. Please make sure you hit like and subscribe down on the thing. Please leave your positive vibe comments. Positive vibes only in the comments today, please, because we oh could my. really use it. We could really use we could really use some extra loving for our community Always. and for the Leafs and for the win and for Game Over. So signing off for Game Over Toronto. My name is Lauren Williamson. You can find me on Twitter at Lauren in the Six and my wonderful, wonderful guest co-host Robert Malloy. You can find him on all of the socials. He is like the wind. He might not. You might not see him, but he is always there watching, waiting somewhere, waiting. <laughs> I think my Twitter's in the description. I'm at RS underscore Malloy on all social media platforms. If I can't get that handle, it's really not worth it for me to be on the platform. <laughs> totally valid. You can also find me on like everything SDPN Sports. If SDPN Sports is doing things, I'm doing things. Absolutely. He so, is. Yeah. You, you are the Pokeroo and you are the Pokeroo wind. And I'm going to get that t-shirt made of you, I swear. If it's the last thing I'll Excited. do. <laughs> wow. Maybe I'll see it next week when we like have things. Maybe. That'll be fun. Maybe. Shh. Okay, guys. Okay, everybody. Have a good night. We'll take. We'll see you later, and we will see you on Game Over Toronto next time. Game over. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.